Hi, this is Justin. I just want to make a quick note before you begin listening to this episode that uh, it was recorded quite a while ago, and due to my travel schedule, I was unable to get it out as quickly as normal. So, uh, look at it as a little trip back and looking at history. Thanks. Welcome to the King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. We're back. We're back. Happy New Year, Justin. Happy New Year, Kerb. How are you? Uh, I'm behind, but I'll try to catch up. Well, I think we all are, but certainly not in matters of IndyCar, because um, there's really nothing to keep up with, unless you're a big fan of Able Motorsports or something. But um, look... Almost no reason for the show other than feels like we've been off for so long that we had to do something. I don't know. It feels like it's been a millennium since we've been doing this. Well, that's what the holidays do to you. To see the holidays, did you watch the college football playoff on Monday night? No, I did not. I watched the early game, the the Rose Bowl with Michigan and Alabama. And um, the game's over. They're interviewing the, the Michigan coach, Jim Harbaugh, on the field. And one of the photographers standing right behind him in the center of the shot is wearing his F1 Las Vegas hat. <laughs> nice. Like, well, yeah, 20, 20 million people watch that game. <laughs> there he is. I mean, they just can't do anything wrong. Uh, they're off to a good start in 2024 well, as well. They are. Look, I don't watch anything in any sporting event unless Taylor Swift's involved. As you know, Kurt, I don't watch a lot of sports, and I certainly don't watch a lot of Taylor Swift, but I cannot avoid that woman for the life of me. It's like just put in front of my face everywhere I go. Nobody can. I uh, noticed Notre Dame is not in the uh, championship game this year, Kerr. Not this year, but we've got a lot of momentum this offseason. We're, uh, we're looking forward to next year. Yeah, I've heard that for about 30 years. Yeah, I think it's um, 40, 40, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Kerr, um, clearly, uh, as we've started off this podcast, we don't have a lot to talk about, but let's try. The offseason – of IndyCar is incredible. Not only is it just, you know, desert of information and anything. I mean, you go on uh, racer.com or motorsport.com. I mean, there there's days that go by with not a single mention of anything IndyCar. Kind of come to the conclusion that just contributes even more to IndyCar's image issue because the only thing that seems to happen in the off season is uh, the only time they make news is when it's bad. And then, People dwell on it because there's nothing else to talk about for another two months or three months. So Yeah, but if you own race curve, if you own racer.com, right? And we all know that guy's a big, you know, uh Roger Penske rah rah guy, right? So Curb, I mean, if you own racer.com, at this point, aren't you just kinda saying, you know what, I gotta start paying more attention to other racing series here because I, these guys are giving me nothing. And I don't even know if they're gonna be around. So I mean, you look, I mean, F1's all over the place in racer.com these days. I would tend to think that F1 fans have other venues to go to besides racer.com. What's he going to do for content for these months, right? Other than well, being kind well, of negative. The, the funny thing is that for a, a Roger Penske fan, his lead IndyCar writer is fomenting a, a Roger Penske insurrection right on his own website. So uh, maybe he's going to let him, uh, you know, 
pursue his vendetta in order to get the clicks and get people to follow. Without rehashing the last few months, which have been, uh, I, I, Kirby, you probably don't carry it to the same degree I have, but just kind of an unmitigated disaster for IndyCar. Um, there's been nothing good. There's been uh, nothing good. All the articles about Joseph Newgarden and his face on the trophy can't outweigh <laughs> all the other stuff that's gone on. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I just I pulled this quote. And I, I don't even know when this was, Kirby. It must be at least a month old, if not more. Mark Miles talking about, you know, the chassis. Quote is, I don't think a new chassis is going to get in front of, of that line at this point. When it might become relevant, I don't know. End quote. That is just so out of touch. Basically enunciates what's wrong in the alien IndyCar right there. I mean, it's just so blind. I, Kurt, what do you do with something like that? I, I just feel like they need to figure out a way to put a better face on their series. And uh, Mark Miles probably has a lot of abilities uh, in the business sense, but I don't think being a spokesperson is one of them. You hire some sort of ambassador to be your spokesperson or something, but... Miles has botched a lot of those kind of things. The whole thermal thing was a total botch. In and of itself, wasn't a horrible idea. Um, the way it was presented was horrible. It was a slapdash announcement slash presentation on TV with a pit reporter during a live race. And then, you know, it was exacerbated by the, the Texas fiasco. Uh, so instead of filling in a gap, it just shifted the gap a couple of weeks and left you with a made-for-TV event that didn't count towards points or anything, right? Announcing the thermal thing during a live race with a pit reporter. That's not good planning by whoever is in charge of communications. I think it's easy to slam Miles and Jay Fry, and, and we don't know the degree of which their their autonomy to operate within the system there. You get the impression that there's hardly any autonomy to operate. So, If you owned it, would you like Mark Miles to make the decisions, or would you make the decisions? I think he could be a tool. I mean, I think he, I, I don't mean that in the derogatory sense. I mean, I think you could utilize him. I think he has uh, abilities that he could be utilized, but, but you got to go back to that, you know, fiasco as far as I'm concerned is when both him and Roger Penske gave their kind of state of the unions, you know, everything is wonderful. Everything is awesome. I think is what we quoted on our show um, speeches. And they both seem so incredibly out of touch at the time. I, I'm leaning towards, I, Roger Penske, I'm leaning towards, uh, you know, this is this is of his making. The great thing about being the uh, the chief, the top of the food chain is that you're at the top of the food. The bad chain is the bad thing is that you are responsible for everything. You know, whether Mark Miles is not a great spokesman or you're forcing him to be a bad spokesman, it doesn't really matter. It's your fault. That's true. Um, But I'm just talking about what things can be done to rectify some of the negativity around the, around the series in terms of... If you fire Mark Miles tomorrow, Curb, does anything change? Does anything improve? Does anything get worse? You know how it is. It's always, what's the step after that, right? If you do that, then what? Are you replacing him with somebody that's going to solve the problems? Or are you going to take his role over yourself? I'm sure he's a good proxy for Roger Penske uh, going out and talking to TV networks or sponsor, series sponsors or whatever. Roger Penske can't do it all and shouldn't do it all himself. Well, I think you just said it. What's the next step? There, there seems to be zero direction with this group. Zero. I, I think, and maybe it's going to happen, uh, Roger Penske needs to get his butt in front of whoever and just say, here's the State of the Union, and here's where we're going, and here's what we're doing. 
he hasn't uh, heretofore done that uh, since, you know, just saying after Laguna Seca, everything is awesome. If he doesn't start sending some strategic direction for this group, uh, I fear the worst. I fear the worst for for all of it. We all want to know everything, right? Um, he might be smarter, get everybody on the same page manufacturer-wise before he goes out and telling everybody what he thinks. Because uh, if you tell, if you're not uh, uh, speaking, you know, from the same sheet of paper with Honda and Chevy when you go out to make that that uh, State of the Union type address, not worth the 10 or 15 minutes it takes us all to listen to it. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's a fair comment, Kerm. Still cling to the hope that uh, he's got more going on that we don't know about than there may be weasels on the inside that are feeding uh, their opinions to the oracles of IndyCar in the world. But, um, but you know, hopefully Roger Penske historically has, uh, you know, he's not a showy guy. He didn't out there talking about his business, but he always been effectively getting things done. Uh, look, I'm losing faith. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, um, my fear is what we're seeing here is uh, an octogenarian that uh, has had a wonderful run that is clinging to, as everybody does as they get old, um, some antiquated uh, thoughts and philosophies and is also clinging too much to the uh, the grip on the power and not letting people do their jobs. I hope I'm wrong, but I fear that that's my fear. Letting people do their jobs is different than letting them make all the big decisions, right? I mean, that's what's being alleged, uh, again, on racer.com is that uh, the people that work for Penske should be able to make all the decisions and Penske should just be happy with it. That's not the way it works. It's not the way it works in your business or mine, right? No, no. But you also have to listen to your people. You also have to, you know, you know, you can't just okay. run supposedly, over. So yeah. supposedly they listen to their people and end up with MotorsportsGameMaker.com or whatever, right? That's the that's the bogey that's out there uh, that is, keeps being repeated is somebody high up in the Pensky organization had a relationship with Motorsports Games or whatever, and that's why they went with them. You know, I mean. We all have our opinions. You and I have voiced our negative opinions about a lot of things in IndyCar and and even pointing the finger at Penske. But so I don't know. I'm a little reluctant to make it that personal about Penske's abilities. I think that's your nature. And I think you have a lot of respect for the guy. And I do, too. Father time is father time. And if I look at the last six months uh, out of that organization and some of the stuff that they've done and you know, decisions they've made and, and, and really just watching this incredible rise of, of uh, Formula One and to a lesser degree NASCAR um, and IMSA as, as they just sat there and said, you know, we're great. You know, we got 2%. It, it's, it's tone deaf beyond tone deaf. I said it uh, several times. I'll say it probably a hundred more times. It's like, uh, I, I think at this point, game over, call Liberty and work out a deal. Again, they say that that was supposedly – Angrily rebuffed. The offer has been made and rebuffed 100%. quite angrily. So, yeah, you know, it's not going to happen. And um, for the first time in my life, Curb, I'm pondering not going to the Indy 500. That's how disenfranchised I've become. And look how deep I am into this whole thing. It's like it's just disgusting to me. I I, I feel like they've taken such an opportunity and just set it aflame and it's it it makes me sick makes me ill here's the bright side we said one of the biggest things they should do is improve their digital media supposedly they've had great gains in their digital media people mock them for crowing about a two to four percent 
increase in ratings for viewership. But NASCAR, who just signed for a billion dollars a year plus, their viewership dropped 5% last year. Uh, So a lot of sports entities are actually seeing dropping ratings in IndyCar. Doesn't sound like enough to crow about, but when everybody else is going downward, except for the NFL, then, you know, it's a more meaningful progress than you might give it credit for. You're starting to sound like Mark Miles. You're starting to be sounding like such a homer, Mark Miles homer. Like you're just clinging to get, you're just howling against the wind. Well, I'm a, um, I'll admit to feeling defensive for Roger Penske. I don't throw, don't throw Mark Miles in there for me. But, uh, but you know, we, we can all mock them for the video game. But if you noticed, NASCAR was signed up with the same video game company and as well as IMSA. NASCAR bought their way out of it before IndyCar can get out of it. But, you know, everybody thinks that NASCAR and IMSA are on top of the world right now. Or, I mean, not IMSA, I'm sorry, Lama. NASCAR and Lama were also signed up with this video game maker. NASCAR bought their way out of it. I don't know where Lama stands. I got no defense uh, yes, for you. Yes, but years and years before IndyCar signed up, all the, all the signs were there, and they still signed up. I, I, I love the yeah. fact that you're trying to put some positive spin on that, or at least not so negative spin on that curve. I mean, really, you need to go home and meditate. On, on yourself. Why uh, I would you uh, cl- You know what? I, I am you know where you're from. Where, where do you live? Indianapolis? Yes. Because it's Central Indiana. Indiana. Central that's, Indiana. Not, that's, not Indiana. That's it. That's Central Indiana coming out. That's your Central Indiana coming out. Just, just yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just saying. I told you. I listened to this other podcast. Go, go and Colts. Got, and they got deeply personal about their criticism of Penske. They may be defensive. So I started thinking about a few things to try to <laughs> defend him. And yeah, and it was just sounding like I I I uh, curb. I just I um I disagree with you wholeheartedly. Just you you you're you're flailing away at trying to find positives in uh, where there aren't any, and finding well, anything look, look, in uh, that video. Trying to find anything not incredibly negative about that whole video game fiasco. I mean, just proves my point. There's you can't. There's nothing to be said about that. That. That looks that was any good at all. It was it was a it was a fiasco. Like I don't know who makes games and I don't know who the, the right people to sign up with are. I'm sure EA Games or some of those people. But well, you and you and Mark Miles have something in common. More. In common. <clears throat> but if I said to you, hey, let's use this guy. NASCAR is using him. Wouldn't that seem to be a decent endorsement? Yes, but okay. uh, I, I would assume you do a little bit more homework before you get further on with that. You know, that's a good starting point. That's like your first conversation, but I think your due diligence goes a little bit further than that. They don't even need a console game anymore. I mean, that's it's it's almost it's it's too late. I mean, it's I don't even think they need a console game. I think you know, good eye racing. That's probably good enough. Don't you need rigs and all those kind of things to, to really do eye racing correctly? No, you just need a fast computer. Your 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 customer base for eye racing is dedicated race fans. Isn't the idea to have an Xbox so some 12-year-old punk can go race around the IndyCar uh, series tracks and become a fan of IndyCar? Well, I should probably bring my son in here um, to, <laughs> to be the expert on all this. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I'm talking through my hat when I say that to produce something for Xbox uh, or you know PlayStation or whatever, is, you know, it's enormously costly undertaking, right? And, and you have to be reasonably sure of its commercial success. It's hard to be like super niche. And right I now, I don't think that'd be the goal. I, right. I mean, iRacing I, I is super niche. 
iRacing is super niche, but it's, you know, I mean, the IndyCar part of iRacing before they shut it down wisely, um, you know, was successful, you know, and, 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 you know, by all accounts was bringing some people to, to the sport. Um, you said, did you say they shut it down wisely? I was being sarcastic. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and I, I just don't see it's happening. I don't see somebody making that investment to do it, which is probably why they ended up with the group they ended up because they they were desperate enough to kind of take it on. Um, and but I don't I don't see anybody stepping up and and you know spending the money to develop that, especially in light of you know the the popularity of Formula One. Now Formula One has a great game. I've played it on PlayStation. It's, it's really it's 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 good. It's really good. I don't see anybody developing a game to that degree uh, for IndyCar. And as much as it would be nice if somebody did, I don't think it's going to happen. IndyCar has uh, put themselves in such a small micro world at this point that they just can't get that kind of attention. How do you grow your world? Well, I, 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 what I'm telling you, Curb, is I don't think it can be that way because I don't think anybody's going to invest the money to do it. You know, I, I think we then, spent a whole episode, if I recall, on how you do it. So I don't think we need to go rehash that. It's chicken and egg, isn't it? No. I, 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 no, I don't think it's chicken and egg. I think it's more... Uh, I mean, the whole, the whole desire for a video game is to help grow the, the interest, right? My guess is that nobody will take on the development of that game, right? At this point, okay? So right. before you even get to this chicken and egg thing, you have to be uh, you know, into the realm of relevance. And so I don't think we have to rehash, you know, what what we, you know, we like I said, we did a whole episode, a few episodes back, so maybe people can go listen to it if they wish, uh, about what we think would cure IndyCar's ills. But I think they're going to have to, they're going to have to have way more momentum and get way bigger uh, and more popular before anybody's going to take that project on. So I don't, I wouldn't call it chicken and egg. I just don't think they're even to the stage where they can consider it. IndyCar got their second, and their iRacing may do that for them, but they're going to have to wait till after NASCAR is done. So you're looking at you know so many years away. Yep. But iRacing would have a head start because they've got all the tracks, they've got the cars. Um, yeah. So in theory, it'd be easier for them to move it forward than somebody from scratch. I, would I don't think know so. what if it is if it is that important a tool in growing your following, then. You ought to be pushing to make it happen, even if it means you got to invest some of your own money to make it happen. Uh, I, I mean, I can't disagree with those statements, but you know, where are you going to spend the money here? You know, I mean, they're they're not they won't even hire a freaking marketing director. Well, there you go. There's three hundred thousand dollars a year right there. You can throw over to your, <laughs> yeah, your video I don't game. Think, only three hundred thousand is going to cover it. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying. I mean, they're not even willing to spend that. That that part is just baffling. Uh, you know, and what. Still frustrates me about Penske's stewardship here is that I mean at the end of the day, Penske's never been about talking. Penske's always been about executing, right? Yep. And you're just not seeing the execution from the original engine and hybrid thing to the revised hybrid effort. I just don't understand how a guy that's always executed is not executing now, and who's letting him down? And maybe it's him, but um, it would surprise me. It would just surprise me if you slipped that far. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, it's the conclusion I've come to. 
Okay, let's let me ask you about this then. Yep. Honda's statements about uh, lack of return on investment. Yes. Is there a solution you see? Here's the question I have about that. You know, Honda's, Honda's obviously kind of said their piece. You know, they they came up with a, you know, kind of a solution. You know, their own solution, or at least if you read it, you know, their their own solution was like, you know, just have Ilmore make engines for both us and Chevy, and you know, we'll just screw with the, the software and so forth, right? Electronics, yeah. And brand and brand it accordingly. Right. Now, I think reading the tea leaves as I've read them, okay, I haven't spoken to anybody in the industry that you know will back me up on this. So this is just my harebrained idea. I, I think Chevy's kind of like, yeah, well, I'd be happy to let them go, right, and supply the whole field ourselves. With a stock, you know, Ilmore engine, and you know, we won't have to do any of the development work on it. We just got to keep them running. Uh, yeah, they'll be fine just to take over the sponsorship of the series, and or sponsorship of at least of the, the uh, engines and so forth, and be the engine sole engine provider. And yeah, we'll be happy with that. Okay, you know? Chevy may be happy with that. Is IndyCar happy with that? Well, I, they shouldn't be if, you know, if they are. And I, you know, and the whole asterisk on all of that and, and, and the danger of this for IndyCar, in my opinion, is if Michael Andre gets an F1 team. Yeah. Because then I could see Chevy saying, well, that would have been nice, but now we got to spend all our money over here. Thank you. And then they got nobody. And I, I've seen it suggested, and it may be from the same uh, source I've been maligning all evening, but – um you know, there's some that say that Honda looks at it and says, well, you know, we're in Formula One and they got three races in America now. So why do we need to be an IndyCar? Well, and, you, and, means- and Honda, Honda, you know, HPD had always been supposedly independent American, you know, branch of uh, Honda racing or whatever. But now they've been absorbed into the whatever you call it in Japan. So now it's a Honda worldwide racing, not just a. Yeah. Honda Japan, separate from Honda America. Uh, so they got different people to answer to. And by the way, I think that's probably part of why they were so upset and so happy to be public about it was they had been made to look bad to their Japanese uh, you know, bosses. So F1, again, is a threat <laughs> on both fronts, right? Two, the two obvious solutions to me are fewer cars and pay more money. You know, The teams pay more money for their leases. And I think it dovetails with your... One of your um, pet subjects, which is franchises. So you say, hey, we're going to have 20, we're going to have 22, whatever it is, that's it. And you guys are the original franchisees. In exchange, you're going to pay a little more money for your engines. And hopefully that was, you know, you take Honda down from 16, 18 cars, whatever they got now, down to 10 or 11. And hopefully that makes them a lot happier. My feeling is that Honda's already out the door. Like, unless they come begging to them with an offer they can't refuse, I think they're gone. That'd be unfortunate. I don't know. It would be. If that's the case, there's nothing else to say about it. But, um, well, I, uh, uh, again, again, an off-repeated thing I say on this podcast is I think things have to get worse before they get better, and I still feel that way. All right, so you see no way out of the Honda conundrum. They're out the door, uh, and it'd be your goal then to sign up Chevy sooner than later so you can get ahead of the, the Andretti Formula One decision. Yeah, I think uh, exactly, <laughs> you know. Um, 
And Chevy, you know, if they're smart, they'll just kind of keep their powder dry for a while. They don't have to say anything to anybody. See what happens. Right. And I'm sure that's what they're going to do. Curve, uh, let's move on, shall we? Lead the way. Lead us out of this cesspool of negativity. How upset, upset is Peterson at this point? <laughs> He's obviously uh, upset. Sly like a fox, but upset. I got to ask the question, Curb. I hope you have an answer. And just uh, not everybody pays attention to the sport like we do, Curb. Uh, so let's just say that Peterson, who apparently bought a ride at Foyt Racing for three years, seems to be uh, seems to have been unceremoniously dumped out of his seat for Stingray Rob, who somehow showed up with more money, and now lots his three yeah, lots more money, and now his three years is uh, now curtailed. And what many people say, like he bought those three years at a bargain price, and now yeah. it appears that Foyt is. The Foyt Racing Organization is, uh, you know, it, it's not. It doesn't look like a three-year deal to them. Let's put it that way, right? Here's the question I have, Curb: Is how can a team like Foyt announce the Stingray Rob thing and not have the Peterson side of this kind of sorted one way or the other? In what world does that happen? And it, uh, it, seems, it seems to me it happens in a world where. You don't have many financial options, and you're going to tie down this big pile of money before it gets away from you. So I'm going to grab that money, and I'll figure the rest of it out later. Hopefully this guy will go away. I have to buy him off a little bit with some of that money. Kirk, who are the two worst types of people to take stock tips from? <laughs> uh, people on TV. Okay. Uh, that's it's a fair answer, but the answer I was family looking and, for. Family and friends. Uh, yeah, an okay, also an okay answer. But the answer I was really looking for, Curb, was doctors and pilots. Okay. The two, two worst of everyone. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know, know. I don't know any pilots, but I'll buy, I'll buy it on doctors. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know a lot of pilots just, just because of where I live. Right. And the worst, the worst, like you, you hear a pilot give you a, a, a stock recommendation and you short that thing. Right. Okay. That's that's what you do. And doctors, same thing. And and the reason for that is is because they're not business people, right? They've they've spent their time and livelihood, you know, pursuing another profession, right? That's not that's more of a skill and more of a trade than an actual business transaction, right? So they're they're under fundamental understanding of business is not particularly great. I I've, I, don't, I'm, I don't know I don't know about pilots, but uh... Doctors also suffer yes. under the that's impression that they're the smartest people in the world. Right. And I'm, right. And they also think they're smart. Pilots are the same way. Right. Okay. So okay. they're very similar this way. Trust me on this. OK. Right. So I'm beginning to wonder if like IndyCar owners in some way aren't the exact same. Like they're terrible business people. Again, at least a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I'm beginning to think that because who does things like this? It's bizarre to me. Car owners have a long history of firing people with valid contracts, don't they? I guess. I mean, I, I just think it's like one of those things. Like if you grew up as a racer, right, and then somehow morphed into a car owner, like there's no there's no real similarity in the skills. Yeah, you know a bit about driving a car and racing and all that, but you know, as far as uh, you know, being a, you know, as a business in it, it you, maybe you're not so good. 
And you remember if we, when we interviewed Richie Hearn and he did that drill for a while, he that's exactly what he said, right? Right. So I'm just not I, – I, I see things like this. I'm like, that just seems like bad business sense. It does to you and me in the worlds we live in. But um, but in that world, uh, it seems to happen all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm beginning <laughs> to think that maybe uh, I wouldn't take a stock tip from a, from a former racer, now IndyCar owner. I think that might be a really bad idea. No, they hold the cards. I wouldn't take the tip from the drivers. Well, the drivers, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't uh, – you know, I'm not going to willpower for a stock tip. No, but, I mean, the owners usually get away with it. I mean, that's the thing is they got – I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have Alex Blau write me a contract. <laughs> he should he should be getting pretty good at it by now. You know, usually it's the owners are in the catbird seat. The drivers are captive, and they got to – Usually take it right, and um, you got a guy like Dale Coyne. He's is a good businessman. He may not be the best car owner, but he's a good businessman. He's made that thing work for yeah, a long time. No, uh, but on yeah, guile and smarts. That's true. Right, you know, he's I, I, it's but not universal. Yeah, you know, I was thinking the other day we should interview uh, James Hensclyffe. I think we could fit into his schedule. Maybe James, if you're listening, reach out because. <laughs> uh, I really, I, I'm genuinely curious about his last year, and I, and not that I would probe him on it too much, but, you know, did he ever have a feeling of, oh my God, what am I doing after this year, you know, or was he just very confident that, you know, he was going to get his TV gigs and all that, and it was all good? I would imagine he'd have anxiety about it, like any of us, but uh, he seemed to be preordained. Uh, ever since his uh, Dancing with the Stars uh, success, right? Yeah. Well, it'd be an interesting question to ask him, wouldn't it? Yeah, sure. Um, it certainly worked out for him, though. It did. Yeah, he's uh, he's far better announcer than he is a than he was a driver, and uh, you know, at least in his last season or two. Well, he's got he's got uh, far more jobs than he ever had as a driver. So. Yeah, yeah. Prospects are bright. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Um. Her, Lindsay Brewer has uh, entered the NXT. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully she uh, can drive as well as she looks in a bikini. Yeah. I don't care. I, I'll accept that she looks good in a bikini. Uh, Danica, you're gone, baby. Never gonna mention you again. Your history. No, she she just got re-upped with Sky Sports for this F1 season. Yeah. So. Well, she's yesterday news, baby. As soon as Lindsay uh-huh. Brewer gets out there. Yeah, uh, I might watch one or two uh, any next races this year. See what that happens. <laughs> so you're sprawled out on the car before the race. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I thought they did do a nice article on Jill DeFerrin. Good recap uh, of career, so forth, and um, you know, fascinating guy. Hits home a little bit because he was the same age as me and you. Yeah. Um, so that that uh, that's that was, that's kind of tough to read sometimes. At the end of the day, seems like a very good guy. I, I the, one of my regrets in life, uh, and there are many, um, but I was with my idiot brother over near like a viewing stand on the pagoda, right? Mm-hmm. And there's four people there, including my brother and I. The other two were 
they with his camera, right? Mm-hmm. And Jill DeFerrin. Oh, okay. And I was with my idiot brother who didn't know either of them, right? Right. right. And I guess because I was with him, because I, I really had to go up to Jill DeFerrin and just say, you know what? Uh, hey, uh, just pleasure to meet you. Just, you know, still still in awe of that achievement of Fontana, right? Driving right. that those laps at Fontana. Sure. Uh, uh, the record, uh, close circuit record speed. And I, I, I really wanted to say that to him, but I didn't because I was with my brother and I just, you know, I just didn't do it. Yeah. Um, I didn't really care to say anything today, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I, I regret not doing that because that was my chance to actually, you know, say something to him, which I'm sure he would have immediately forgotten and moved on. But, um, a show, a show of respect. Yes. And and I guess that's, uh, at least from my standpoint, you know, when you look at his career, when you look at the professionalism of it, when you, you know, see what he kind of did. And, you know, we talk about bad business people and all these flakes in the racing business and so forth. Uh, he was not one of those, for sure. And um, so uh, R.I.P. Uh, Gilles de Ferrin. Uh I second that. Uh, the first class act all the way through. Yeah, so um, Kale Yarborough also died. The only thing I could say about that curve is that what was funny to me about like you know like where you know as far as like his tributes and you know people were fondly remembering him, it was a wreck he had at the last lap or second to last lap at a Daytona 500 way back when, and, and how they got in a fist fight afterwards. And I was like, yep. There's nothing more NASCAR than that. Well, that was a big. Uh, I remember that as a kid. I mean, it was because you know, back then, you know, and it was three channels, and that was all you could watch. And in the middle of winter, that was something fun to watch. And uh, and sure, I remember that. I mean, that was a big uh, um, boon to their popularity at the time, or at least their notoriety. Yeah, it was, at the time. it was probably the beginning of the end as far as NASCAR actually being real racing. You know, because they're <laughs> like, hey, that got a lot of attention. Let's just keep doing that. Right, right. To, to now where it reaches the point of, uh, uh, you know, where you just watch it with incredulity now as it happens every single race. Um, well, but, actually, I think, I think that uh, those kind of things peaked a little bit. I think they're not nearly as interesting as they used to be. Uh, they, they can't get away with dropping a, a pad out of the window to get a yellow flag or that kind of thing like they used to be able to do. So. <laughs> God. Well... Uh, R.I.P. Carol Yarborough as well. Curve, anything uh, you want to throw in here at the end of this rather just what I anticipated just being a delightful uh, trip through the tulips and just ended up being a horrible rant? <laughs> I got nothing. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that, actually. Okay. X. At Hero, H-I-R-O, IndyCar, at Hero, H-I-R-O, IndyCar, um, coming very, very soon. Hash Hive, uh, we're mere days away from uh, debut. Um, anyway, thanks to anybody that's still listening, and um, Happy New yeah. Year to all. And then I, I, I think we should just commit to being more positive, trying to be more positive. I'm, it's hard, I'm game. I'm, I'm game. I'm game. It's hard. To... It's, it's so hard. It's so hard now. Might, yeah. We might have to be a little more mainstream than you like to be, but uh, to do so, but... Uh... But we'll give it a shot. 
All right. Good night, everybody. Take care.